Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeedGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeedGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the NFL and Taylor Swift. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. For the first time in over a decade, we are here to say congratulations to the Texas Rangers on becoming the American League champions, taking down the big, bad Houston Astros in a glorious seven-game series. Of course, shout out as well to the Arizona Diamondbacks for forcing a Game 7, but we'll be back again tomorrow to break down the Diamondbacks versus Phillies series as a whole once Game 7 concludes tonight at Citizens Bank Park. But today we are focusing on the Astros versus the Texas Rangers. The Rangers are advancing. The Astros are going home after making their seventh consecutive ALCS. They are now probably looking for a new manager, but we're going to focus on the positive at first, and that is the state of the Texas Rangers. It's Dylan Campione, James Tausig, Nico Fernandez, and Henry Kalani. Boys, how we doing? James, if you want to kick us off as our local Houstonian. It's doing great. Um, you know, the Astros are headed to Cancun. Um you know, always happy to see that. Um, just like I said, you know, the Rangers would dominate. Um, Corey Seager was going to have a big game. Um, you know, it was just it was just too obvious. Houston's been so fraudulent for so long. Uh, Dusty Baker is done as the manager of the Houston Astros. Uh, times are great. Henry, how are you feeling? I mean, it, it feels like when Thanos sits on his porch and just starts smiling, that's what it feels like to me. Like, technically, no, I achieved nothing. My team achieved nothing. But in the same way that you seeing the downfall of Max Scherzer is a win, seeing the downfall of the Houston Astros is a win for me. Well, I would like to say you did indeed win and you accomplished something, as I will go back to a Cider Tide post on the Instagram on October 15th. And for those who don't realize, Henry has been pretty hot on his predictions. As we go back to our ALCS, we had... Dylan Campione said the Astros in four. James Tausig said the Astros in six. Nico Fernandez said the Astros in seven. Henry Kalani said the Rangers in seven. And that is exactly what happened. So once again, Henry is correct. For what it's worth, Henry also has Phillies in seven too. So what do we know? But Henry's kind of on fire right now. But Nico, and Bob Melvin. On, and Bob Melvin as well. So Nico, your thoughts on what's been happening? It's not looking great for... The predictions. I, I was so confident. I had the Astros in seven. I had the Phillies in six. And I was like, wow, I'm just going to be able to walk into this podcast and just say that I'm the a savant. And now I'm one game away from having to wear a f- stupid Aaron Judge jersey. <laughs> well, we will get to that bet. But what are but, our thoughts on the Rangers? They proved to be a powerhouse. Adolis Garcia literally learned how to carry a baseball team this week. And this is despite Max Scherzer having a rough game seven start, and I'm sure we're going to get to Max Scherzer and can the Rangers trust him. But another great outing from Jordan Montgomery, and the bath came alive and put again double digits. Nico, if you want to lead us off. Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, Adolis Garcia was an animal. I mean, he was an inch away from having three home runs this game. 
I think that people say love con- conquers all. I think Adolis's hate for the Astros conquered all this series. I think he was just like, I hate this team so much. And my hate is just going to have me put balls 110 miles an hour, 400 feet, every single at bat. He absolutely, again, the Rangers are in a great spot. We've talked about it all year. Really thought that they were not, a lot of people thought that they could be fraudulent in that middle part, second half of the year. They are looking like the team we saw in April. And that team that we saw in April was the best team in baseball. Avaldi, Montgomery, two guys who elevate themselves in the postseason, Evan Carter, Corey Seager, Adolis Garcia, elevate themselves in the postseason. Again, they remind me a lot of the Phillies of guys who, very good guys who elevate themselves when it comes October. And again, if if it goes Phillies, I think we have a very interesting series. To be honest, we have a very interesting series no matter who comes out of the NL. And James, one of the interesting parts about this is that the Texas Rangers have clinched home field advantage due to a better record than the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. How much of an advantage is that going to be for the Rangers playing in their dome, getting to be the home field advantage? I know that'll definitely eliminate the crowd in Philadelphia's home field advantage, but thoughts on us now having potentially four games in Texas in the World Series? I think that that actually means a lot. Um, I think the Rangers have very good home fans. I think they have a very large home field presence um and i think that could be a difference in this world series um you know it was a weird series with the astros you know them every team winning on the road um i think for the world series it'll be different i think that that means a lot they'll be at home uh for four games if the series goes seven games and henry i'm going to come to you the name that we mentioned earlier and that is max scherzer who once again disappointed in a big pivotal game seven christian javier also disappointed but this was his first rough start versus Scherzer, this is now his second rough start of the playoffs, third consecutive. If you go back to last year's wild card game, can the Rangers trust him? Is there a chance he's still injured and he rushed back early? What are our thoughts on Max Scherzer? Because I think it's apparent that when we go into the World Series, it's Evaldi and Montgomery one and two. But Scherzer's kind of supposed to be that three. Yeah, I mean, I was. They mentioned it on the broadcast earlier, and this is sort of how I was going into it, right? Scherzer didn't have a – he didn't have a rehab start, right? So you sort of give him a little bit of slack for his first outing. The second outing was just as bad. He All of his pitches looked incredibly hittable. Um, so, I mean, he is – at the end of the day, he's Max Scherzer, right? And, like, people have mixed feelings about Max Scherzer in the playoffs, but – you gotta at least rely on him for one outing. But if he if he blows up again in the World Series, I don't think you can send him out for a second outing. At least not in the same long, longer leash capacity. And I mean this sort of shows and this this shows how the Rangers win baseball games, right? Throughout the beginning of the playoffs, granted it was a small sample size, only five games, but their bullpen was great. And they seemed to have enough depth with the with the pitching rotation. Their bullpen was really bad this this series, but they just out hit everybody, and that's how they've won games all year. And so it feels like they've almost like come back into their form, right? They were outperforming everybody else on all facets of the ball, but now they've just sort of gone back to how they win ball games, just throughout the entire season. I like them. Two things I just want to point out that are interesting slash an apology. The first one is that this is cool that the Texas Rangers are in the World Series because 2024's All-Star Game 
is taking place in Arlington with the Texas Rangers Stadium. And as we know now that the World Series participants end up getting to be the managers and the coaching staff, so cool experience next summer. We'll see the Texas Rangers coaching staff will be the American League coaching staff in Texas as well. And the second one, I'm sorry, Jacob DeGrom, because in the offseason, and we have our business and media guys, Harry and Potter, are looking at that episode as we're recording right now. When Jacob DeGrom signed and he claimed that the Texas Rangers had a vision of championships and that he went to Texas instead of the Mets because he said that he loved what Chris Young and Bruce Bochy were building in Texas. The three of us that were on that episode, myself, Henry, and James, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we scoffed at Jacob DeGrom and said that that was just blasphemy and that was just money talking and that's why he signed with Texas. And, well, Jake saw something that none of us saw because I think at the beginning of the year, if you were to tell any of us that the Texas Rangers would be in the World Series led by a dominant pitching staff of Eovaldi, Max Scherzer, and Jordan Montgomery, albeit Jacob DeGrom threw 50 innings this year, and the Texas Rangers are still the most dominant team in the American League, and their offense is just elite. I think all of us would have been telling you that you're crazy, but here we are right now that a Texas Ranger list, or a Jacob DeGrom list Texas Rangers team is by far the best team in the American League. And that's just a weird, crazy statement to be saying here now, six months later. Anyone thoughts on that? I mean, that last part you said it best. I think they're clearly, with every team at their ceiling, I think they're the best team. Just, yeah, they may not be the most complete team from like a bullpen perspective, but their offense, when they are all on and firing, it's it's unrivaled. I think even the Phillies who have shown that they're able to hit in the postseason, I think from an offensive perspective, I don't think there's a team like the Rangers who can just get after it for nine innings. I mean, they're always a threat. I think the Phillies are, again, a threat to put up a, like, a good amount of runs. There is no team in the league this year that has the double-digit capacity that the Rangers have. So that, again, like we've all said, that's kind of going to be the thing. That's how they're going to win this series. If they can find a way to get the Nola and, and Wheeler or Fott, Gallon and Merrill Kelly and just put 10 like they've been able to do just the whole year besides that little lull. I mean, it's going to be hard to beat because it's just no team has the ability to consistently score 10 runs like this team does. They just won the American League without the greatest pitcher on the planet. That's insane to think how good this team would be if DeGrom was at the top of their rotation performing at peak DeGrom level. But Sorry to rein on the optimism parade that we're throwing at the Texas Rangers and to focus on the losing team that is going home. The Houston Astros, once again, made the ALCS. They had a very solid year. And then they were eliminated again. And they've made seven consecutive ALCSs and they have two World Series to show for. So question number one, the question, had the Astros won the World Series? Everyone was starting to talk dynasty. I don't think we have a dynasty on our hands unless anyone begs to differ with that question but henry seems to be very against that sentiment but um the next thing i want to ask is what happens with the houston astros because we already have the rumor circulating and it's unofficial but it seems very likely that dusty baker is stepping aside at the conclusion of this season and the core is getting older but i don't believe they have any key free agents this offseason there is no springer or correa leaving them verlander is locked up for another year altuve is locked up for another year but does this team just run it back with a new manager? Does this team need a shakeup? 
what happens in Houston this offseason? Henry, I know you're celebrating their demise. You can go first. Yeah, I mean, at least in my eyes, maybe it's just because they've slapped me around for six years. If this, even with two World Series and one of them obviously being tainted, the level of consistency that we've seen from them, at least in my eyes, makes it feel like a dynasty. And I'll be honest, I thought that after Carlos Correa left, I thought, oh, the core is fading, blah, blah, blah. And they were able to plug in guys. They were able to find new stars. And so I, until I see the Astros, like until I, until I see their core fail to produce, I don't think you can really bet against them. I think that these guys sort of just, they just sort of win. Like no matter, no matter the circumstances surrounding them. So until, until I see otherwise the, they're going to be successful. They're going to be at the top of the AL West. And I mean, I'll celebrate every time they lose, but they're sort of undeniable in that sense. And this was the year that we thought that might be happening because up until the last week of the season, they were like, there's a chance the Astros don't make the playoffs and they end up falling out of the, I know they were the 17th battling for six spots. And then here we are a month later and they literally forced the game seven of the ALCS. But James, at the beginning of the year, I don't mean to call us out for an incorrect prediction, but you and I both said that the Seattle Mariners would be winning the AL West and that the Astros' reign is over. The Astros won the division again, but technically the Rangers have surpassed the Astros. Your confidence level on the Astros to bounce back, win the division, and be this strong force again in 2024. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the Astros will always be competitive. Um I do think that it's time to start looking at a rebuild. Uh, I mean, ownership has shown that they're not going to spend the money. They went after older guys, Verlander, Abreu, uh, et cetera. Um, it might be time. You know, you got you got Bregman's contract expiring. Um, uh, Tucker's contract expiring soon. Um, there's a lot of holes uh, and a lot of young guys that need to be signed. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what direction they take this team. Uh, I think Dusty finally parting ways will be a huge help for them. You know, younger guys like Yiner Diaz, Chas McCormick will continue to see more playing time next season. Um, but yeah, th- this will be a very interesting offseason for Houston, one they haven't had uh, in a very long time. Nico, your thoughts on the future of the Houston Astros? The thing is, I, I kind of agree with both. I think that you almost have to run this back for kind of what James is saying, just in a different light. They don't really have a direction after these core guys. I just took a quick look. Not a lot of guys in the top 100. You have Hunter Brown that you called up. I think he's going to develop. I don't know if he's an ace material. He could be, but we'll see what happens with him. They don't have a lot of guys in their farm system. The big thing that brought the Astros to this point was the fact that their farm system was loaded with guys that they were able to just bring up all at once. That's not the same anymore. When you're so successful it's very difficult to have a good farm system. So that's kind of the thing. I think I have to almost side with Henry for the simple reason of because James is right that they have a lot of question marks, especially in their future, you almost have to stick with this core and be like, we have to ride this until the wheels fall off. Because at the end of the day, yes, Jose Altuve, you know where you're going to get off Jose Altuve until Jose Altuve is in Jose Altuve. Jordan may go down as the greatest age of all time. I don't think he will because David Ortiz is the man. Um, Bregman again, 
Bregman's one of a top third baseman in this league. Jeremy Pena wasn't that good this year. He's had a kind of a down year. Hopefully he can be back to what he was his rookie year. Kyle Tucker didn't have a good series, but he's still a top outfielder in the game. It's almost that you kind of have to run this back because you don't really have a future right now. Because once, again, looking at the farm system, once you get rid of this core, there's not a lot left. So you kind of have to re- just ride this and see how many, maybe you can get another ring out of this. Try and squeeze as much as you can because it's not looking good after. And I think the key with the Astros has always been when they lose the key piece, Springer or Correa, they've had the guy to come in and replace him. Tucker stepped up when Springer left. Jeremy Pena stepped up when Carlos Correa left. Even Chaz McCormick has taken on a bigger role since Springer left. The Astros had that, and that Kyle Tucker is likely that next guy that's going to leave. I believe his contract is up after the 2025 season. I think he's got two years of arbitration left. Yeah, you have you have Tucker in 25, and Bregman Altuve are free agents after next year. Yeah, but I think Altuve, they're already talking extension with him. And I assume, at least the gut feeling on that is he's a forever Astro. He works out that deal. But with Tucker, they had the guy to replace him, and that was top 10 prospect in baseball, Drew Gilbert and they dumped him at the deadline for Justin Verlander. So something tells me this might be the rare instance that Kyle Tucker is the guy they finally signed to a massive long year, eight-year, $250 million contract, just because they always have that insurance plan, and they were fully fine with trading that away. This trade deadline, which they haven't been willing to do in the past, a la keeping Jeremy Pena, keeping young Kyle Tucker and all their top prospects and never really going all in, especially when they traded for Verlander the first time, they didn't give away that many prospects for him. This was the first time the Astros traded away a big prospect, and maybe their thinking behind it was, well, he's blocked by Kyle Tucker for the next decade. So that's just me trying to get into the thought process of a usually well-run Houston Astros organization. We will, anything quick for the next topic. I mean, yeah, just exactly. I just checked to verify they don't have one guy in the top 100. Yeah. So it's kind of... Again, you always get surprises like Jose Alzuve, Jordan, but to bank on you just having the run of luck of finding diamonds in the rough, it, that can't last forever. Yeah. So you kind of have to, I think they're almost forced to sign Kyle Tucker because if not, they don't really have a lot to fill them in. I think they're one good thing. They have a rotation that's set for the next two, three years. And Verlander, Stromber. Javier McCullers and Hunter Brown. That is a five that you can put up against any rotation for the next couple of years and be completely fine with. But the last question, Dusty Baker is out. It seems like he is what at least 70 right now. So he's heading out on his way out of managing in baseball. So the Astros job, as much as I love the Mets and working under Steve Cohen, I assume the Astros job is now the most appealing job available in baseball. So, who do you think they go after? Do they take a more veteran approach like they did with Dusty, where you hire someone that's going to be that stopgap for two to three years but has all the experience in the world? Or is this finally the time, especially if we're saying in a state of transition, that you're grooming your next A.J. Hinch-type manager? James, I'll start with you. Any ideas on who you'd plug in in Houston? Oh, maybe we see A.J. Hinch come back. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Astros love to, you know, go back to guys that they've had in the past. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see A.J. Hinch return uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, hasn't had a lot of success with the Tigers. We know he's had success with the Astros in the past. Um, familiar face uh, back in Houston. I like that idea. Nico? 
Yeah, I think, and I think you'll touch on it too. I think the only two options besides going in house are Agent Hinch, and Dylan's gonna hate to see here this, but Craig Council. Right. Yeah. I think, I think again, I don't think they spend the time on guys who aren't the top tier. I think for that they just go back in house, just to make Dylan feel better. I have a feeling that they're gonna go in house. I think Craig Council may either stay or by one prayer, if Dylan prays enough that he'll go to the Mets. <laughs> I think Dylan said it right. I think they're going to find someone in the, in the house staff and they're going to kind of groom him. He's going to be another young guy and probably a young guy that they're bringing up to be the manager. And he's kind of going to grow with this end of the team. Cause again, uh, the reason they're able to do that is it's a very easy managerial job from the perspective. If you're a young guy, very alluring because you have a lot of leadership so that onus kind of gets taken off of you where you have so many vets who can lead the team that you don't have to be as much of that authoritative presence where you have a guy like Dusty Baker, a guy like Craig Council, a guy like A.G. Hinch, who they have their veteran. They're known as great coaches. You don't need that when you have this group of veteran guys. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go in-house. Henry, wrap us up. Yeah, I mean – realistically they will probably go in house but once the news dropped that this was dusty's last year i started doing a little bit of digging on some young guys who they could possibly go after and i found them a pretty interesting one on the team that just beat them the texas rangers will venable is a pretty interesting um candidate he's He's the assistant manager, got a ton of experience from Bochi, even though it's only been one year. Bochi's done a really great job managing this team, as we've seen. He's he's spent time with the Cubs, and he's been and he was the Red Sox bench coach from 2021 to 2022. I hate Alex Cora, but he's a good manager. Well, he has he has the he has the experience learning under guys who who run teams efficiently and well. And I wouldn't be shocked if he's at least getting offers from other teams. And now the Astros are looking for a manager. I would not be shocked if he gets a call. I like it. I will give you, because we love our clickbait stuff, our top five list. One is council. And I'm very afraid of that becoming a reality because as we mentioned, there's no job that's more appealing than Houston, especially if council's big thing is he likes being in a small market. Not that Houston is, entirely as small as milwaukee but it's not new york and he's going into a place that he knows he's going to win and a lot of not real much uncertainty with the Houston Astros versus the mets he has no clue what he's getting into when it comes to new york fan bases and media and reporters and everything like that so council the houston scares me a lot i'll then go with a weird connection and that uh the astros just hired a braves executive named dana brown and the braves staff is filled with potential managerial candidates, including former managers Ron Washington and Walt Weiss. So we could go the Dusty Baker route where they poach someone from Atlanta who's managed before, including Weiss, Ron Washington, the third name I'll throw out there. Another veteran coach on their staff is Eric Young Sr., um, so, or the father of Nationals first base coach Eric Young Jr. Maybe he's an option as well, but I'll go with those three veteran Braves coaches as my two through three. And then Nico sparked something when he said this isn't a difficult job in that this could be a Aaron Boone type scenario. And we have two Yankee fans on this call that have differing opinions when it comes to Aaron Boone. But 
you drop Boone in on the Yankees and he wins a bunch of 100 games and he's respected as a solid manager. This could be the perfect spot to do that with someone like Joe Espada, hiring from inside the Astros organization. This could be the perfect spot for Carlos Beltran to go back into managing and go back home to Houston and take his first managerial job. Or continuing on the broadcast trend, Mark DeRosa has proven that he can manage superstars like he did in the World Baseball Classic with Mookie and Trout and everyone with Team USA. Throw him in the clubhouse with Altuve and Bregman and Jordan and Verlander and every other star that's in Houston. It's basically like managing the World Baseball Classic, but for 162 games. So council at the top, the Braves triumvirate of Young, Weiss, and Washington, and then the first-timers in Espada, Beltran, and Mark DeRosa. And that is your comprehensive list that I was thinking of, Nico, for the last hour while we were taking ground balls on Cooper Field. <laughs> This is the ultimate players coach job. Yeah. It's the ultimate job, which again, breeds makes it so easy for young guys to come because yeah. it's just built for you not needing a strong guy like Bochi. You don't need a Bochi. You don't need a Showalter. They had Baker, but you don't need a Baker. You, this is the perfect scenario for if the Astros look and they're like, we want to get a young guy that when we eventually have to go into this rebuild, he can rebuild with the team, but first get this success. It's the perfect scenario for a young guy. Like, I don't think you need a counsel for this team. Obviously, if you can get arguably the best coach in the MLB, you get the best coach in the MLB. But you don't need that with this team. Again, I don't think Craig Council is winning you that many more games with this roster and with these guys, then if you get a young guy, maybe again, he may push them over the edge because he's such a good coach. But again, I don't, I think there's a world where you get a guy with no experience as a head coach and we see them again in the world series. I'm not saying they are, but that's just how much veteran leadership you have on this team. You could go a DeRosa and Walt Weiss combo of DeRosa's manager and he gets a guy who's known the game for a while, like Walt Weiss is the bench coach. I think two people that I would initially rule out that is going to get speculation because if they want a headliner guy, Joe Madden is throwing his name at every single job application right now saying he wants to manage. It's not happening. It's not working. And as much as this guy has a lot of Southern charm, Buck Showalter does not make sense in Houston either. So I'll throw both of those names out, but definitely a lot of fun stuff coming in Houston this offseason. To wrap things up here, our last question, there is another game happening tomorrow night. Phillies. Arizona Diamondbacks, just as we did on last night's weekend recap, you're giving your prediction for the game and your key moment slash guy that's going to win the game. James, you're up first. Phillies, Diamondbacks, game seven here on Tuesday, October 24th. Do you even need to ask him? <laughs> well, he's one win away from having to admit that the Diamondbacks are not horrific. You know what? I picked range. I picked Astros in six to unjinx the Rangers. I'm taking Arizona tomorrow, winning <laughs> big. I've got Arizona eight to one. Arizona eight to one. They get out big early and they don't look back. Arizona's going to smoke Philadelphia. Arizona's taking the series. We have Texas Rangers, Arizona Diamondbacks World Series. Rob Manfred is in his office crying about the ratings for the Texas Rangers versus Arizona Diamondbacks World Series. Henry. Um, I think Kyle Schwarber may go down as the greatest postseason slugger of all time if if he wins a ring here. Um, 
I'd give me, I'll say, bottom seven, two-run bomb, Phillies win. Nico? We also don't know the starting pitchers, by the way, for either team yet. It's going to be Ranger. It's Ranger and Fox. It's Ranger and Fox, bro. We already know. There might might be an opener in there. You never know. There better not be an opener for either of them. They've both been pitching. Yeah, that would be so stupid. Saying Taiwan Walker is ready to go. Oh, my Jesus. If they put Taiwan Walker, I will already be telling my brother to give me his Yankee jersey. (laughs) But uh, I got Phillies. Gotta have Phillies. Need them. Need them. <laughs> Can't be wearing a Yankee jersey. Um, seven things gonna come around, and the Phillies are gonna be like, let's give Trey a standing ov- ovation again, <laughs> and then he will strike out. But Bryce Harper's gonna put one in Jersey or however. I don't know how the directions are. That guy's putting one in a different planet because that guy is Philadelphia. That guy is the Phillies. That guy will cement himself as for now. I, I probably the face of baseball after that. He's going to have that postseason moment that trout just has never had. I and like he's going to have it. And then they're going to win the world series. I like, I think the Phillies need to evaluate because they've kept the exact same lineup the entire postseason. Alec Bohm is in a black big. hole and the cleanup <laughs> spot versus Nick Castellanos is hitting bombs out of the seven hole. Now maybe because the line, he hasn't gotten hitting. a hit in like four games, six games. What? He hasn't gotten a hit since game six one. Games, sorry. Something bad's happened. But Alec Bohm has not hit, period. So unless you just figure that, hey, the lineup's working, why mess with it? I don't know why Alec Bohm is continuing hitting fourth. But with that being said, it's not going to matter because Brandon Fatt is going to start the game and he's going to do really well. And then the family is going to come true and spelled P-H-A-M-I-L-I. And Tommy Pham is going to deliver a huge hit off of Sir Anthony Dominguez late in this game. And deliver the Arizona Diamondbacks to their first World Series in over two decades. And Nico will be donning the nice little Derek Jeter or Aaron Judge jersey around campus really soon. But The only thing I care about, hit. if Cattell gets his streak going, that's all I need. That's the only good thing I want to have him for the Diamondbacks. Cattell, keep your streak, break the record, and then the Diamondbacks. Is he tied right now, I think? He's tied. Yeah, he's tied. Yeah. Hey, Philly, if you guys want to win... Light some shit on fire. Kidnap a baby. Do something bad. Yes, and then, bro. Like, 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 I mean, look, not to say that, but like, see, nah, if nah, any celebrity on, see if there's any like celebrity like getting old in the hospital. Just bring pull a random, get a random nurse, put a pillow over them. Oh my God. Put a pillow over them. Oh my gosh. No, we lost him. Castellanos putting a ball 500 feet. Everyone be checking CNN news. Jimmy Carter is still any celebrity dies. If a celebrity dies, if a celebrity dies, Phillies in seven by a thousand. I'll put a Jimmy Carter future death bet on right now. And now at one in the morning, I need to make the executive decision whether we keep the Jimmy Carter joke inside (laughs) the podcast or not. But. For Dylan, Henry, Nico, and James, we'll be back Wait. tomorrow night. Yes. Uh-oh. Wait. Johnny. Oh, no. Closing, <laughs> monologue. Closing monologue. The Houston Astros death. I've, Is he going to rap? I, oh, my the, God. He's going to rap. I've opened up my favorite, my favorite application, formerly known as Twitter, currently known as X. <laughs> and I see all these sorry little Astros fans whining, complaining, crying. 
making excuses, calling their team a dynasty. This is the first dynasty I've ever seen win two championships separated by six years, one being fraudulent, uh, claiming to be a dynasty. Uh, I didn't know making it to championship series and finishing in second place uh, eight years in a row uh, warranted the the title of dynasty. Uh, That's quite funny. Um, Secondly, I've seen fans whining about how the Rangers had to spend $800 million dollars to to beat the Astros in the ALCS. Uh that's correct, but that's that's not in one season. So just another stupid chirp. Uh, another thing they like to say is, oh, they've spent more money than us. You know, they have to go out and they outspend us. The Rangers payroll is three million dollars more than the Houston Astros this year. Uh this isn't the poverty franchise Rays or the poverty franchise Orioles uh that you're outspending. Uh this is a, a arguably larger market than the Rangers Houston Astros. Um so just another another dumb chirp from Astros fans. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that, that Adolis Garcia uh, forced Dusty Baker into retirement. Um, this team's always been fraudulent. Uh, this roster's always been flawed. Um, they, they deserve everything they had coming to them. Um, you know, Martin Maldonado couldn't even hit half his weight. Uh, you know, wants to go out and talk all this garbage. Uh, he's Maybe just a he's fat, an ex-manager. lazy. He's a free agent. The worst thing they ever did was wake the Houston Astros up. Martin Maldonado, uh, he, yeah, he woke up, uh, and then Adolis Garcia put his pacifier back in uh, and put him back to sleep. Um, so, yeah, uh, Astros dynasty over. Um, don't expect to see them in the playoffs anytime soon. Um, good night, Houston. I like it. And we'll conclude with a quote from – or a tweet slash X from one of our good buddies, at John Becker. He said, tired – the Astros will promote Joe Espada as manager. Wired, the Astros will hire Jeff Bagwell out of nowhere to be their manager. And Inspired, the Astros will hire 85-year-old Reggie Jackson to be their manager since they've been chirping <laughs> everybody out of nowhere recently. But again, we'll be back tomorrow. So for Dylan, James, Nico, and Henry, the side is retired. <laughs>